0: tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as
1: cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you
0: are men. Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the radio show And here we are on 100.5 FM Cop Radio I'm Roger, your host, and we're about to talk movies Here we are in cloudy Vancouver We're going to have to take that sound out of this booth I'm so happy to be introducing all of you To these very sparkling personalities I want everybody to raise your hands for Farhad Gadetti and Shelby Manton How are you all doing today? Um, pretty it's a, good, pretty it's a good good
2: day amazing hey, here we are thanks for
0: having us man. yeah man it's a pleasure it's good to have you around here and uh, you know what i gotta say this all happened because of emotion you know uh this story begins from a tea gathering where i met farhad and uh, man the same night you know uh i talked with farhad and he showed me his uh, his music video for virtual circle uh by musician uh, jordan class and we're gonna hear some music from him later on in the episode and man I just felt it, (laughs) and it felt so right, Mm. and so here we are talking about it right now. So let me ask the both of you, because Shelby's here too and has worked really hard to make this uh, music video happen. Who are you guys?
1: Do you want to go first?
2: Uh, Actually, sure, I'll go first. So um, I help run a film production company called Boldly here in Vancouver. Um we primarily do commercials, but we also do a lot of passion projects. So we try to do as many music videos and short films and and web series, and we're working on a feature film right now, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um and so we try to try to give back to the community in that way and bring stories to life that we really care about and work with really amazing people like Farhad. And
1: Hi, I'm Farhad.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I'm a cinematographer and sometimes director. Um, originally from mexico city and i've been here for a long time and yeah i just kind of been trying to make film and you know get a get a grasp of the community here in vancouver and just just find emotion yeah man i can see that
0: you're on the on the run and uh, just exploring that for sure and just uh, chasing those emotions now What's so fascinating here is that you're an established cinematographer, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cinematographers that flow around, but you're an established cinematographer. I try.
2: He sure is. Yeah,
0: there you go. I try. Well, you know what's the thing? The first question that I have for you is, when was the moment that you acknowledged, you know, and you just said, man, right now I'm an established cinematographer. How did that happen?
1: Hmm. I think... Huh. Um, I think it happened when I signed with my, uh, for the first time with an agency. And that was like right after film school And I was just not thinking about that And suddenly like this thing happened That thing happened And then suddenly I had signed with like a very big agency in Los Angeles And with the roster was a lot of people who I'd really been admiring for all my life And then it kind of hit me I was like, whoa, okay uh, I, guess, I guess I can do this I guess this is, this is it um, And I think that was like the first moment I acknowledged to myself That I was like, okay, yeah I'm doing this, and it's and it's right. That's
2: he's also extremely talented, as anyone can (laughs) tell if they watch his work.
0: (laughs) there goes Shelby Ware. I can (laughs) definitely vouch on that, and I invite you all, all of you guys, to just go and check "Virtual Circle" by Jordan Class in the music video. Holy moly! Mm. And it was shot
1: in with uh, analog, right? Yeah, we shot on 60mm film, uh, which was super fun. Uh, um, Yeah, I think it definitely made the process way way more enjoyable and just kind of more uh, conscious of itself which was really great
0: how was it for you to start learning to shoot with with film
1: um, well I think it was a very I think I was always afraid of doing it kind of because it just felt like this mystical thing well I always <laughs> have been shooting film on stills photography and it's just you know it's just another it's just like another format it the photography itself is the same uh, nothing really changes much on Besides just like you actually being more focused on what you're doing. Mm. And so I think the first day of shooting film, uh, 16 mil was a bit in just kind of I was a bit of scared. But then I just realized it's, it's just like shooting anything else. And I had a really amazing team like my gaffer, my first AC, Mikael Bidard and uh, Jordan family. They're great dudes. They didn't know film very well and so I always haven't had them backing me up whenever I had a doubt or something so
0: mm, great I love the sound of that and you know mm. the
1: production value of the video is incredible and
0: uh, props to you Shelby really I want I wanna, to uh, talk you a little bit more about actually the production side of how shooting analog has affected the production aspect of it
2: yeah for sure uh, it didn't change things too much mm-hmm. surprisingly you need a, a little tiny bit more budget to shoot on film which seems mm-hmm. funny since it was the original way of making movies but um, just the processing and getting the film processed and scanned at the end when you're done shooting is surprisingly not that common anymore. So we had to ship our our film in the cans all the way to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, to Photochem. And then they ship it all the way Back when it's done, and it actually got held at customs for a couple of days, yeah. and it was kind of scary because it really if it painful. goes <laughs> through any X-rays, it's <laughs> it's ruined. Um, luckily, they didn't X-ray it; they didn't <laughs> they didn't ruin it for us. But it can be quite scary, and it's interesting that mm-hmm. there's not really any. Uh, processing facilities in Vancouver anymore.
1: Right, right. And it's that something <coughs> we really need?
2: Yeah, mm. we, we do. Yeah. There goes the back. invitation.
1: Yeah, people yeah. are shooting film. Like, film is more alive than ever. And, like, more young people are wanting to shoot film more and more and more and more. And, I mean, there's definitely, like, the demand. So it, it has to happen at some point in Vancouver. I mean, there's people in Vancouver that are doing cool things with film. There's, like, Filmhouse World, that you know, run by Pete and normally And then they're trying to do, like really good stuff for the community.
0: Mhm. Yeah. That, that you know it's so it's mind-blowing to me to hear that, you know, you just Laid out so simply, it's just like photography, but you just have it for film, and and it just mm. works so well, man. It's uh, Thanks, man. it just seems to be um, you make it look so easy, you know, and it's not necessarily <laughs> that easy, mm-hmm. you know. No, no. But also the beautiful part of it is that you range, you know, from more intimate, uh, mm. friendly sets, you know, more intimate sets like the one on Virtual Circle, and then you go on bigger sets mm-hmm. with, uh, for example, the National Film Board. How is that range? How ranging from
1: something like that? Right. Um, I think that's the beauty of being a cinematographer. You know, like, each, each part of the craft, you know, whether you're a director, producer, or sh- cinematographer, like, each one of those roles has, like, its own little quirks and stuff. And I think one of the beauties of being a DP is the the fact that you can jump from genre to genre from, like, uh, just ways of making film, because there's always a need for a cinematographer. Um, between a very intimate setup like Virtuous Circle uh, going towards the NFB, actually, NFB, uh, the National Film Board, is... It's even more intimate. It's just, like, me and the director and and a camera. It's a very, like, cinema verite, uh, jump in the situation kind of thing. So that's even more intimate. But there's always, you know, like, the big commercials and stuff like that. Those are, like, completely not intimate. And those are, like, a whole other machine, right? Shelby Shelby would (laughs) know.
2: Yeah. Lots more Approvals That need to happen <laughs> When you're shooting Commercials But mm-hmm. and, uh, it's all fun
0: Right now you're actually Going to Mexico as well Right?
1: Yeah 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 I'm gonna go to Mexico Um We're gonna shoot a A commercial for A chips company Uh and that will be fun. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> really looking forward to it. I'm from Mexico, so I, I just really want to go see my family and eat some good <laughs> food. And, and I surprisingly haven't worked that much in Mexico, so it's something I'm really looking forward to. Amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Congratulations, guys. Right. Let me ask you
0: about Baldly, because mm-hmm. Baldly is quite something, right? Well, the name itself already <laughs> speaks, you know? Um, and uh, definitely productions like Virtual Circle, you know, and many more things uh, that are mm-hmm. happening, you know. It's, it's really inspiring, you know, for Vancouverites to witness this amount of work and the quality.
2: How did it all come to life? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird story. I'll try to make it quick. Um, so <laughs> there are three founders, myself and my brother and our friend Sebastian Galina. And we all had different disciplines. So I did business school, my brother did film at SFU, and then Sebastian did computer science at SFU. And then when we all graduated six, seven years ago, we were like, hey, we all like film. Let's just try. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. And the first couple of years was was slow, um and we had to hustle and we made no money and we just kept trying to make good work and we always prioritized good work even when we didn't have money. Um and then it just kinda snowballed from there. And now we're we're we have a studio in Mount Pleasant and we're working with really great people and, mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah, we're we're really lucky with, with where we're at and the kinds of projects we're making.
1: Yeah, and and that's something about Boldly too that uh is that they've always been investing in like The creative people in the community, you know, as I said, like they've been doing a lot of commercial work as well, but like they've never been afraid to like say yes to a project that's a good creative, you know, like a good heart, and and that actually pays off in the end. Like, and it's so beautiful to see how a project with so much heart, uh,
0: just like the music video, can come to life even uh, through a a successful engine in the production aspect of it. Um, How did it come to life? Where did you guys find fans? How did it all happen?
1: Um,
2: yeah, Farhad actually came to us with it.
1: Mm-hmm, I did, I did. Mm-hmm. I slid into their DMs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good old DMs. <laughs> and yeah, me and Jordan had tried to, be, to do a music video before. And then because of funding, we couldn't make it happen. And then there's this new grant called the MVP Project put together by the Canadian Academy, um, Prison Prize and RBC Music. And so when I heard about it, um, I got the treatment together and everything. And uh, I hit up the boldly Peeps. Asked them if they wanted to jump on. They checked the treatment.
2: It was beautiful. It was pretty accurate, actually. We pretty <laughs> much made the treatment. I yeah. think we actually made it even better.
1: And that's Exactly. And, <laughs> s- and so after that, you know, like, the dream, the dream team was set. We had a producer. We had an artist. We had a director. And uh, we got the funding from MVP, which was amazing. Um, we only gave 10 to 10 recipients across Canada from, like, 300 people who applied. So we were pretty stoked about that and and yeah that's and then uh, throughout pre-production also boldly put in a bit of money <laughs> we there.
2: invested a little bit into the project um, because there were a few things that we really wanted because we knew it would help make it extra special so getting Antoine Olivier Pilon was huge for mm-hmm. us Montreal actor very well known out there In um, I don't know if you're familiar with Xavier Dolan's film Mummy, um, but he was the lead in that, and he's just phenomenal. Such a great talent. So we flew him out here and and put him up, and he he luckily said yes. We still don't know why he said yes. (laughs) It's still a mystery, but he came out and had a really good time, and he was such a joy to work with.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The story behind making the story.
2: Woo, so much in there, Yeah. yeah.
0: Shelby, from your point of view, what was about that treatment that really got you there?
2: Uh, I think for us, we're we're all about. Well, for me personally, I love films that are about the characters, and there maybe nothing crazy is happening in the story, but it's just you're seeing the little moments, you're seeing the daily life, and it's like probably the overused term "slice of life." <laughs> but I love I love slice of life films, and this felt like that to me, and it was just a story um, that felt so prevalent right now, just with. Um, masculinity and having these two brothers and kind of understanding their relationship and what they meant to each other um, just felt really important. And it felt like a... And obviously Faraj is just really talented, so we knew that it would it would look really great. Um, and it did.
0: That's awesome. You know, it, it really feels like it's coming from deep because you do actually have a brother, and so that connection yeah, yeah. is definitely part of the juice of the whole engine. How did definitely. that play a
1: role into that? Um, well, I think... Hmm, I think when cinematographers direct... What happens a lot is that it, films tend to be very pretty but lack substance, and so I've, I've that's been a learning curve for me uh, for a while. And I knew that this time I wanted, like, if I wanted something to feel uh, deep or actually uh, authentic, I ha- it had to come from a place of. My own lived experience, my own understanding—you know, like my own pace and joys—that I could put into the screen, and so that's why brotherhood uh, became the main canvas and, and the film. Because mm. I grew up with an older brother, he's not—he's not like the older brother in the in the film as much, you know. Uh, but like, there's always tropes and like elements from from relationships, and one can like put in paper and then like expand. And so I knew if I made it personal, it would have more. Or substance. I think Mm.
2: one of my favorite stories from what Farrad is just saying about the little moments that were personal to him, um, one of them was his uncle used to grab (laughs) his head just like the brother, the older brother was grabbing the little brother's head throughout the story and especially at the end in front of the broken pier. And so that was like Mm -hmm, a memory mm -hmm. that he turned into something so beautiful and so cinematic.
0: Man, that broken pier.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We got so lucky they're rebuilding it now. Thank goodness we got in there. (laughs) I'm saying
0: the moment, the moment you cut that image, everything connected yeah. it's
1: like oh man yeah.
0: how did you know i was gonna get it right this frame oh it's my so God.
1: powerful like it's just you know it's like Great production, this yeah. one. Like the pier is broken in two, and the two brothers are like just standing in each side. And like I just remember when Shelby told me, like I think we should scout White Rock, and then I've always been against like shooting in like White Rock Beach. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I was like the broken pier. And then we, we show up. To go. And I was like, Shelby, you genius. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, this, that this was great. quite a message right yeah. there. But it shows also that you know there there's so many interpretations too. There is no limit you know you can see it mm-hmm. however you want and that's the power of, of films like this that mm-hmm. in five minutes they provide you with so many ingredients and resources that it's up to you to choose what to cook so great job you guys right there great job what's next, what's next
1: now what's next well I'm working on this national film board documentary which, uh, which is a pretty nice uh, project and then writing a couple ideas for uh, music videos as well and a couple other things that are not yet mm-hmm. uh Materialized, but taking it easy right now. Mm-hmm. Chase the dream. How about you, Shelby? What's the plan?
2: Yeah, so we've got our usual um, commercials on the go, um, but peppered in between, we've got some more passion projects. So the one we just shot a couple of weeks ago, a short film called Rules for Werewolves. Mm. Um, there's a feature film version of it that... We hope that we get to be involved with, mm-hmm. um, but right now we were able to do the short film and it's a, a really cool world shot on 35mm film this time. Um, a lot of it resembles a wonner. Um, we faked it with cuts, but it the feeling it has the feeling of a wonner um, And we had to do, we had only two days and had a lot to shoot, but it's a very cool world that the director and writer have built.
0: Wow, <laughs> feeling of a 135 millimeter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, I didn't oh, shoot, I didn't shoot. Uh, wow, that <laughs> that sounds quite like a quite like a like an adventure over there too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know it's it's quite impressive to really have people like you come and, and and share their stories, and it's always a pleasure here on the show, you know, to explore also the mindsets, you know, the experiences, the emotions that go into it. I want to ask you, where five years ago. Would have you ever believed you were here right now in this stage of your life? Hmm.
2: Probably not. Uh, Five years ago would have been going into our second year of Boldly and we were making projects for no money and they were few and far in between. And I think there was a point where I thought maybe that my career would change, Um, but we luckily stuck through it. And yeah, here we are. I don't know. Hmm. I feel very grateful every day.
1: This is awesome. Awesome. How about you? Um, no, uh, actually no. I think I had a whole different idea of how things were gonna be, and I'm just, yeah, happy that it's it's playing the way it is so powerful huh? life is really the most fictional of all at the end it's <laughs> sure incredible is. I love
0: it well that being said why don't we take a little break and we actually play the music from Jordan
1: nice. let's do it music ah. from
0: Jordan Classen right here and man such an interesting uh, vibe from the music you know reaching deep the music mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. so it's
1: an emotional uh, boy
0: absolutely I'm, I'm so uh, shout out to Jordan and uh, thank you for giving us the chance to play the music here incredible vibe everybody enjoy this is Jordan Classen with Dominica
3: comes when you want it to, just cause your surprised don't mean it's karma, you wanna make do, just looking for a place to it you through, but if you can't, know, you can't feel it.
0: Some really tasty tunes over here. This was uh, Jordan Klaassen uh, with Dominica. Incredible, ah, huh? Incredible. How did you guys connect with Jordan?
1: Um, well, if initially it was me who reached out to Jordan. I was in a point in my life that I just needed to make something different from what I was doing, and I knew I had to do with a musician that I liked. And so I reached out to Jordan, and we met up, and everything was fun, laughs, and uh, we connected. And, yeah, I just I'm just a big fan of reaching out to people you know you never know Like you don't lose anything you really don't lose anything and I feel like a lot of times we're just afraid of doing it and I'm always there you know like just hands on the phone be like oh am I gonna do this or not and just like put it away and like try again but still I think like you never regret reaching out to somebody this whole project happened because Mm -hmm. you know we reached out to people Yeah.
0: Wonderful, and, and and it really sounds like uh, that dynamic somehow happening between the two of you, uh, mm-hmm. Farhad and, and Shelby.
2: Mm-hmm. How did yeah. that feel at the beginning? When we first started, yeah, when we first started working yeah. together, Well, we had our first coffee meeting, and I I don't think I'd actually we'd worked with Farhad at Boldly, but I hadn't yet.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I was like, "Who's this guy?" So we went <laughs> we went for we went for coffee. I was like, oh, okay, he's pretty nice. <laughs> he's <laughs> not a maniac. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we just we just connected over our mutual desire to make this film the best it could be.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
2: I, I think we we did that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we, we had a lot of, like, correspondence. Like, we, we we wrote to each other a lot way before mm-hmm. starting pre-production. And so that was great, too, mm-hmm. you know? It's not just something like being in a room with complete strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we are like also like part of the same community, right? So we mm-hmm. like know a lot of the same exactly. people, work like with the same people, and so that really, makes a big difference. It Really too. goes
0: down to community at the end, yeah. you know, mm, because exactly. uh, in a city like Vancouver, that everything flows so fast, you know. But it's such a bold city as well. There's so much happening, and you got to keep it keep it alive, right? Mm-hmm. People are the true juice, you know. That's where community lives, and that's where art. Yeah. comes from yeah, definitely. and it's with genuine connections like this that you can really come to create genuine content you know mm-hmm. so props to you I want to ask you what's the big dream over here the big dream Ooh, the
2: big dream, the big dream. Mm-hmm. well I think the big dream for Boldly would be and for myself would be to have a much larger studio than what we do have and have um, creators working in the studio with us having different like sound booths and colors, studios and a big shooting space and and lots mm. of little office rooms, and just getting all these people together under the same roof, creating content, and then also I think it's it's making good Canadian content that actually sells. That it's it's really hard for some reason. I don't know why, um, but it is hard to make a good mm-hmm. Canadian feature film that actually makes money.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and it's a challenge. When people actually make money here, it's very impressive, and it's. I think the dream would be to kind of keep fostering the community so that what we're making the whole world wants to see Mm -hmm. and that would be the dream Mm. It's a beautiful dream, It's a lot of
0: growth right there. A lot of growth. Mm. Up to the point of that, it's uh, it's uh, phenomenal. Well, we're gonna keep our eyes open, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna be, we're gonna stay tuned with uh, Boldly, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna definitely touch base and uh, look into how the, this dream develops. I feel very optimistic, and you should too. So stay yeah, positive, think. and uh, mm-hmm. and energy will come, you know. Uh, you t- you knock on the door, and then uh, the universe allows. So keep knocking on the door. Mm. For how about you? The big
1: dream. The big dream. The big dream. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think, personally, the big dream... And I think, actually, the first time we met each other, we talked a bit about this. Yes, because yeah. I ask
0: everybody, what's the big dream? Yeah, and, I know. Yes, that was a great moment that's in the true. room.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think the big dream for me is uh, being able to find balance. Uh, balance with uh, work and... You know, like, the thing with being a creative and artist is that your work is always inherently tied to your personal life. So there's not, like, this separation always. and So everything is just very, very meaningful to you when you're working. Uh, And that goes, like, in the good and the bad ways, for sure, right? And so finding balance between that, you know, your art, uh, work, and then especially relationships, you know? I think something we tend to forget as artists or just, like, when you're hustling and hustling and hustling and trying to make things happen... We forget about ourselves or health or personal connections. Um, and so I, I think the big dream is finding balance between that, you know, like connection with the people around you, connection with yourself, and connection to your... Uh Art.
0: Mm. I
3: think that's a big
1: dream.
0: Look at that yeah. triad right there. Holy <laughs> moly. That's like walking three lines at the same time. You know? It's so and
1: hard. It's yeah. so hard. It's not easy. No, no, no.
0: That's the game of life. You know, there's yeah. a really interesting concept here, you know, because you need contrast. You need mm. conflict in your life. You know, there is a, mm. this, a specific aspect coming out of a, um, uh, of a book that really talks about hemispheres and function mm. and says how to really be able to create precise movements, you need contrast. I give an example, if you put your right hand up with your with your finger just straight up like that, and you put your left hand in front of that right finger, you sort of have to create contrast and pressure to be able to move mm. the right finger precisely forward. Just mm. the finger on its own is not gonna be as precise as it is when there is contrast. Wow. So we need that that wow. contrast to be able to be precise in life. And life is a game of precision, you know, in many different ways. Precision of timing, precision of 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 even of desires, you know, and that contrast is really fascinating because you can translate it onto the contrast between chaos and order in our lives, and the contrast between good and evil, right? So we need the evil. So this means that if there is an evil in the world, the good that can come up from that contrast is better than the possibility of just having good and just good, you know, right. Somehow there is a necessity mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's learning to dance around it. And uh, we need that precision and that contrast and probably is part of the, di- the balance and the dance of the triad that you're mentioning right there. <laughs> Super interesting. Shelby, I want to ask you mm-hmm. about you about how, how do you manage to you know, work in, 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 a, in a company like Boldly and, mm-hmm. and be able to uh, live your life? How do you manage and keep that balance?
2: Yeah, it's, I think when you run your own company or you're an artist or a creator... Freelancer. I think you your work tends to flow into your rest of your life pretty fluidly. In the sense that there's not really a separation where it's like you're 100% off. So I'm never like 100% off work. It's not like you know Monday at 9 a.m. work starts and then Friday at 5 p.m. it's mm-hmm. done and then I'm just partying for the weekend. It's very <laughs> much like I'm always thinking about boldly and it's always a part of me and I'm always you know, if we have to work on the weekend, we have to work on the weekend. But I think the way that we manage that is that, well, I personally, um, always like to take a month off every year. So every year my partner and I, we go for a month somewhere cool and we have a big adventure and I'm not fully disconnected from boldly. There's still Mm -hmm. things that I need to do from afar, but you know, it's pretty cool to be able to do that from somewhere like South Africa where we were last year or Guatemala the year before. Um, and I don't really know where I was going with that, but trying to find the balance between working often and all the time, and just taking time to enjoy new cultures and and being calm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the balance again, yeah. right? That's, that's that that's it. That's the dance, you know. Um, I want to ask the both of you. This is a very very heavy question. Who
1: was the sacrifice of chasing the creative life? Ooh. <sighs> um. Well, something that resonates, like that question, what it means to me now is the sacrifice has been in, uh, like my health, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's not like I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a healthy boy, but uh, <laughs> uh, like I don't exercise as often, you know, like I don't, mm-hmm. like I, for example, when you're working so much in film, like you're always on like on set and you're like eating crafty and like <laughs> all these meals, there's no like, you know, it's so that kind of stuff and... Or like also in the film world, I mean I'm t- that's that's what I know, right? Like that's the art that we do, and um, also the the hours are crazy, and so mm-hmm. the sacrifice comes also with your with your loved ones, mm-hmm. because not everyone like your loved ones are not on the same schedule, and so that that is a sacrifice that not only you take but also your loved ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's always like that. Um, everybody has to yeah. give up a little bit.
2: I think the hardest part is you don't necessarily have the same routine that the rest of mm-hmm. the world has, and so. You know, so if you work a nine-to-five job, it's pretty easy to schedule in your workouts, yeah. as far as I was saying. Or it's pretty easy to meal prep. But if you're, like, on and off set, you're, like, working crazy hours in pre-production or in production or even post-production, you just don't have that consistency or that routine. And so it's hard to mm-hmm. to build that structure. But... <laughs> I think you just, yeah, you have to make time for it.
0: Yeah. Structure, huh? Definitely. Another balance right there. Substance and structure. There mm-hmm. seems to be a lot of balance in this episode. Uh? <laughs> it's, yeah, all yeah, yeah. it's all It's all, all about it. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's a great opportunity, I feel, to sort of step into the moments of your life that made you choose this, you know? Mm-hmm. Was there a moment where you said, oh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to chase that? Or was it more like a transition?
2: For me, it was a transition Um, I don't think if you had asked me when I graduated, you know, high school, if you'd asked me if I was doing this in 10 years, I wouldn't have said this. I probably would have said I was going to be an accountant or something, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what my mom wanted me to do. Um... So for me, I always liked film, and I always, whenever we were in you know, in high school even, and you got to choose whether you're going to do a film project or a presentation or whatever, I'd always choose to do the film project. Um, and then I also did film courses in high school and even a little bit in university while I was doing business. And so I always liked it, and I think I was always a little bit of a copycat, because my brother always loved film as well, so I kind of copied him. I just did everything he did, so he did film, I did film. It was it was simple. Um, mm-hmm. So then when... when I graduated, it was kind of like a natural uh, attempt, the two of us working together.
0: Hmm. Yeah. that yeah. re, uh, relationship, working with your brother, that seems sounds. Uh, wow, this sounds so <laughs> right, so powerful. Yeah. Uh, having a sister myself too, you know, <laughs> imagining to work like that with, with with the sisters is pretty interesting, you know. Um, how was it at the beginning, and how it is? How is it now?
2: Yeah, we actually get that question a lot because most people are like, "I would never work with my <laughs> sibling in a million years." Um, so we, yeah, when we first started in the first year, we definitely had to work on that. There was... There were a couple, you know, s- typical brother-sister issues in the beginning, usually just involving like that... Figuring out how to work together. Um, and over the years, it's just we've gotten better at it. We've we've figured out ways to separate our brother and sister relationship from our working relationship because we see each other every single day. And then we also see each other for family stuff. So we're off... Like, I see my brother... I'm very lucky that I get to spend a lot of time with him. Mm. Um, and I think now we've gone to a place where we are able to just treat each other with respect as colleagues and we're not like I'm the little sister but he doesn't look down on me as the little sister Mm -hmm. um, anymore or or at all Um, so we definitely have full respect for what each other brings to the company
1: wonderful that's amazing Mm -hmm. first time
2: I hear that that's
0: awesome (laughs) how about you what about your
2: transition into the creative Um, life
1: into the creative life well I've always been in the creative life in a way my whole family is everyone's like historians, writers you know, journalists, artists Um, like there's not a single doctor or like anything in my family, which is bad, it's bad Um, and so I've always I was always involved in that, you know Um, and then, but actually I was very very focused uh, back in my high school days in uh, sociology history and political science, like in the moment I, it was like a harsh moment actually when I just decided to not to like fully pursue film because I always wanted to film but I also wanted to do sociology And like social work And uh, I was part of this big movement in Mexico Called Yo Soy Ciento Treinta Dos Which we're trying to like democratize elections And like make media, media respect that And blah blah blah, blah. And it became a moment like a movement To overthrow the, <laughs> the elected president It got intense, got death threats And then I got very politically depressed uh, And I was like screw this I can't, I can't deal with the politics of the world <laughs> I'm going to make film and I'm going to try to focus my uh, that voice that wants to talk about that through a film so that was a big moment um, and then actually just recently I think Virtual Circle has been a big uh, catalyst for me in my career because after Virtual Circle people have started knocking doors and be like hey you're a director I'm like oh Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I guess I can't direct, eh? <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like this interesting moment right now for me as well. Beautiful, constant yeah. transition right there. Mm-hmm.
0: That that you know, it's funny that you mentioned the connection between social work and, and, and film, because in a ways there is a saying, you know, uh, that filmmakers or you know directors or producers, you know, they're all invisible politicians. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's about communicating a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I medium believe- you do it is different, right? But the, the message, the substance is there, so you're just translating and, and, and stepping into this new aspect mm-hmm. of, of communication.
1: Yeah, I've always been of the idea that every film is political, you know, whether you like it or not. Like, it's got a meaning, and a meaning transcends where you, like, when you made it, like, when it comes to the world, it becomes political. that uh, doesn't mean that everything is, like, radical. Right, but it is political. That that is mm. my. Mm,
0: there goes that that you can feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like other. I just
1: I, last night I saw like a new commercial for like an, a car, Infinity, by one of my favorite directors, and it was horrible. It was like terrible. It like it just like it was it was just talked about like Mexico and in such a, like a foreigner tokenizing way, and I was like, man, you were probably not aware of this, but your commercial is. <laughs> It's not right. There there it goes uh, Farhad's uh, side comes out, you know,
0: I can I can I could feel, you know, Farhad's <laughs> second side uh coming out over there. That's uh woo, all right. That was hot. Oh, that was hot. That was hot. We touched it. We are aware of it. Woo! Right on. Right on. I'm going to have to high five that side of Farhad. Give me that. Give me that. High five in the boo. There you go. Amazing. Wow. How are you guys feeling right now?
2: Feeling good. Great. Good. Great. Yeah. Afraid. Hey, we're awake now. Yeah,
0: we're awake. (laughs) You know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? This is what we're going to do. I want to ask you about the one-minute pitch. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. You want to make it
0: happen? Sure. So I'm uh, going to hit that clock, and then we just hear one minute, a pitch, or anything, any idea, anything that crosses your mind related to one specific subject. Pitch us. Sell us on that idea. One minute. Sounds good? Who's yeah. going to go first? Um, I'll go first.
1: Farhad's okay. going to go first. So I'm going <laughs> to hit that He saw crop. my face, so yeah, he it. had to go first. <laughs>
0: Three, two, one, let's go.
1: Um, okay, so I think a film that I've always wanted to make and I will make at some point is a film about my father's life and about my father's journey. He uh, He's Iran- Iranian and he left Iran uh, because of the revolution. Uh, the diaspora is very diverse, right? Like people who supported the Shah, people who were against the Shah, like a lot of different people. But my dad was part of the communist party in Iran and he fought in the revolution. Like, like, he had a really rough time. Uh, And then, like, he... Like, the way he left Iran is a really incredibly interesting journey. He had to be, like, smuggled out of Iran, like... And through the deserts and like spend years living in like different parts of asia like india afghanistan pakistan he was in jail in pakistan like he he almost married a, like a princess somewhere and like it's just like such a crazy story to like the moment he ended up in canada as a refugee um and it's i think stories like that haven't been told yet uh in that specific context and i think that's it. I want to make a film. Mm-hmm. There you go. There goes the one minute, and mm-hmm.
0: wow, that's uh woo! You definitely sold the uh, sold me on that. I'm uh, I'm really curious to it's to happening. to look into that, man. What is it? Give me a date. Give me a year. Give me something. Or no, is no, still I, too I, far? I think
1: it's too far. I think like okay. I'll make it in a few years. Okay. Maybe well, like that's ten, not too bad, man. Yeah, that's ten ten not,
3: too bad. not too bad. Not bad at all, man.
0: <laughs> that's a uh, man. Like years go by really fast, and many things happening here. So you never know. Totally. Stay ready. Stay put. Fine. Shelby, stay put too. Because right now okay. you got one minute. You ready? Gonna All hit right, the clock. Sure. <laughs> Three, two, one. Let's go.
2: Okay, this is never a film I've pitched or really thought about. It just came to me about two minutes ago when you asked us about this pitch. <laughs> um, but I'm really interested right now in our future. Um, I've been reading 21 Lessons for a 21st Century. Mm. Um, great book. Read it. Um, there's so much. Uh, there's so much content in that in that book. And one thing that I love reading about, is the idea of these future superhumans. Apparently, there is a future where possibly we we are no longer just sapiens. We are also, there is a class called Mm superhumans, and that is due to the ability of science um, from rich people to put money into, you know, um, creating a baby, the perfect baby, essentially. So, like, really good-looking, really athletic, really smart, and they can create that baby before that baby is even conceived essentially and then that baby is born and obviously has all these advantages over the rest of society mm-hmm. that's it i think my one minute's over <laughs> but wow, that idea i would love to explore that in a film
0: <laughs> of course that's uh, that's another interesting premise you guys have two yeah. really powerful premises I like right that. there mm-hmm. wow uh, I, wow best wishes for both of those projects. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I really encourage you to look into alternative ways to get the funding or get the resources, you know, because eventually, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, you need the money, you know, but it's not only about the money. It's about the resources, right? And money is a shortcut to those resources. So, So I feel like that right now, as filmmakers, we have to be extremely creative when it goes down to achieving that And then maybe in 5 or 10 years When there are going to be more solutions It's going to be easier right. But in this very moment We're going to be as creative as possible And I feel like that with those ideas Oh, you guys can make it happen <laughs> You <laughs> think you
2: can make it happen? I think we can make hey, it happen Hey, let's make it happen Anyone, okay. a writer out there Hey, email us Shelby <laughs> at Boldy.ca Need help Quick.
0: Boom <laughs> Amazing You know what We're gonna put the website And, and the link to the film And everything uh, Into the description Of the podcast as well And for all of you out there It's uh, Radio Show.com Or Runtone Podcast.com And you can just go there And chase them. we're actually Approaching the 50th episode Yeah wow. 50th episode And so uh, Always celebrating film And celebrating storytelling And it's been a pleasure Wow So many um, amazing, So weird. many stories Coming through these mics And uh, it's a pleasure To really have you here And you know what Awesome Before we jump Into the last section of the episode, we're just gonna take a really, really, really quick break. Sounds mm-hmm. good? Sounds gonna good. And take a quick break, and we're gonna play another amazing track. Wow, the environment, really, the, the fragrance mm. of this track, um, always from Jordan uh, Klassen is 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 uh, is very. Um, Whoo! Just just let yourself go. Just just dive into it and, and enjoy it. Okay. So this is uh, Jordan Klassen with Miles. That was Jordan Classen with Miles. Wow, where did that take you guys?
1: Back back five years ago when I first discovered Jordan's music. Mm. And I would play before an stressful exam. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shelby, where did that take you?
2: It took me to just a really nice calm space. Kinda like meditative.
0: There is, a, there is a lot that goes into that music You can feel it, you know It's mm-hmm. um, ah, the, the, the power of, of, of music like this Is that really it's creating a, a, a texture A fragrance, you know mm. And uh, I think Jordan is doing an amazing work, a job at, at Doing and taking us there Wherever we yeah. need to go, you know mm-hmm. um, That being said It's uh, almost time to wrap this whole episode up yeah. And we're <laughs> approaching uh, the time To do the post questionnaire So we're going to pick five questions randomly And we're just going to Go for it. Jab, jab, hook, real quick. Make it happen and let it all out. So the first question on the Bruce Questionnaire <coughs> for the both of you is...
1: What is your greatest fear? <gasps> um, my greatest fear is growing old and not dying, but just age. Uh, I'm terribly afraid of my body just betraying me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that is it.
2: Yep. I too have a very similar fear to that. Um my other greatest fear is elevators <laughs> i hate them really <laughs> oh yeah every time i name an oh elevator i have to close my eyes and meditate especially if i'm by myself
0: <laughs> wow interesting right there <laughs> that's is- a that's a jab jab hook right there real quick <laughs> let's get it out and we're going to moonwalk to the qu- next question second question of the Proust' questionnaire which talent would you most like to have
2: which talent
0: Mm-hmm. which talent Prism oh, what I most like to yeah.
2: have I was thinking like actor talent Okay um, <laughs> I would I would love to be able to heal people's pain If that was a thing That's more of a superpower, I guess But we'll I would love that. to be able to heal people's we'll that. pain
1: <laughs> That
2: That's would be, thing. yeah, that would be the best
1: mm. I would like to sing Oh, me too I always too. wanted to sing But uh, Shelby sings well Like come she on, does Come on, Give me a note yeah. Give me a note Give me something right now No, I can't,
0: I can't. You can't? Oh. No problem? No. Too shy So bad, I'm shy Okay, okay, okay Next time, man Next time Next time we make it happen Next time we make it happen We'll bring Jordan in here as well You know Like we'll oh, yeah. a, whole, a whole band Wow Then, Well, then uh, Third question of the Proof's Questionnaire When and where were you happiest? Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mean. In past tense? Yeah, yeah, man Yeah, let it all out mm. What do you feel? What's coming out of you, man? What's coming out of you, man? What do you feel?
1: Uh, Last time I was very, very happy it was my brother's graduation and it was just all the family together and yeah just it was just incredible. Uh the sun was shining and I saw my family after a long time. Mhm. Yeah. Whenever I'm with my family, it's it's a good time. Mm, family,
0: keyword shout-out, shout-out right there. Mm, mm. How about you, Shelby?
2: <laughs> I'm lucky. I've had a lot of happy moments in the last couple of years. Um, lots of really good travels, lots of good adventures with friends. But one that I'll specifically call out was actually when we wrapped Virtuous Circle. Um, it was pretty special. It was like we were just going past. We're, we're going into tragic mm. hour when <laughs> it's no longer... Magic hour, and you're losing light <laughs> fast, and you need to you need to wrap, you need to you need to cut the camera. Um, and we just like had this last moment. Farhad just took the camera, yeah. ran with it, <laughs> ran with the talent, got some like wild energy, and then just we just wrapped it, and we ended with that pier scene. So that was a pretty magical one to yeah. end with. It was oh, beautiful! Yeah. Ooh, that's wonderful. Just yeah. the
1: energy, you know, like the running, and and then we all hugged, and it was. And it was was, very special. We were, like, wet, cold, but, like, it was... really special, yeah.
0: yeah. Wow, so the actually that scene in the music video Virtual Circle, you guys wanted to shoot it at Magic Hour, Mm -hmm. but it actually worked so well (laughs) just the way it is. Yeah, Yeah, it worked great. So well. I mean, uh, on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. Even the color palette and everything, you know, wow, man, you see, everything
1: happens at the right time, you know? Yeah, yeah, we got there and like... Yeah, we we got
2: there and it wasn't (laughs) what we had scouted because when we had scouted, the water was all the way out past the Broken Pier and I think Fyre had imagined them like, running in the broken part but the water was way <laughs> further in because I, I guess i kind of messed up the tides no, reading <laughs> and uh, we H. get there and he's like oh no and i could tell he was nervous because it wasn't what we wanted
3: it
1: was I was um, terrifying
2: but then we made it work and it i think it was for the better mm-hmm. definitely
0: yeah. good stuff yeah. wow this is a, a little piece of gold right here i'm so happy <laughs> that we landed on this question right there okay let's go let's go let's go what do you consider your greatest achievement
2: from the heart. From the heart. Um, I think honestly, for me, it's it's just where we've taken boldly and and the kind of work we are lucky to to make.
1: Amazing. How about you, Farha? How do you uh, feel? My greatest achievement. I think it's been overcome certain emotional pains and grow past them and like being able to like open myself up again to the world. That mm. is my greatest achievement. Thank you
0: for that answer. That's yeah. uh, that's very profound. Yeah, and I really want to thank the both of you for coming over because I believe it's time to start well. wrapping up this whole episode. Now, before we do that, I want to ask the both of you your piece of advice mm. for filmmakers and content creators
1: out there right now. Um, don't be afraid. Or just, I mean, we're all afraid, but just let's you know move past that. Like, we're all going to fuck it up. Oh, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> and, well, you just did. It's going to be okay, you know? Like life is that like mistakes and achievements mm-hmm. pros and cons choices and pains it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. there goes Farhad yeah. Gaderi right there mm, Director DP <laughs> put
0: all <laughs> the details in the, in the description of the podcast Shelby what's your advice I
2: think just make stuff just do whatever you can mm-hmm. to to get your teams together and make content that you feel very excited about
0: yeah mm, amazing Shelby Manton from Boldly right there guys
2: it's been amazing this hour flew by so quick it how is yeah, that an hour so
0: Wow. It's time to wrap this whole burrito up And uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap <laughs> it up window. With uh, with uh, actually Jordan's music And this is in the yes. name of course Of the wonderful music video That that, ah, that you guys have made Virtuous Friend. Circle by Jordan Klassen Everybody, Google that right yes. now Go on Vimeo, go find it. it Jordan Klassen, <laughs> Virtuous Circle And this is the song that you will meet On the other side of that link So everybody enjoy It's been a pleasure I'm Ruggero, your host on Room Tone The radio show here Cop Radio 100.5 FM Talking movies because we love it Enjoy life and life will enjoy you 下场